さあゲームの時間だそう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そ
Uh, you're welcome, man. I'm sorry. Uh, that's uh, that's bo 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 bo. But we didn't watch bo 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 bo. We are watching uh, once again the original Yu-Gi-Oh anime, the Yu-Gi-Oh G. If I may steal your joke from earlier, what did the G stand for? Game <laughs> or uh, gonna kick your ass, yeah. Gratuitous, gratuitous violence, violence. that's what it was. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we uh, watched this ain't your daddy's Yu Gi Oh! Uh, nope, it's nope, uh, it's it's something else entirely. I don't really know what it is. Um, it's uh, definitely Yu Gi Oh! Season Zero, I guess is the colloquial term for it, episode two. Uh, the Devil Gamer, The Trap of Hell, uh, a title and subtitle that have really nothing to do with what the episode was about. I'm sure there was some translation stuff going on there. I, you know, I'm sure that there there were, uh, there was a lot happening in this episode. Yeah. That I, as far as I could follow the animation, I think the translators did as best a job they could, but there was clearly something missing somewhere i feel like there was maybe a scene that was left out maybe um well should we just jump straight into recapping it yeah okay let's do it so uh once again i'll let you do the honors okay oh boy since i've seen these before and you haven't right so it's it's kind of like the inverse of our regular podcast it is and i i enjoy that and i'm i'm happy for the opportunity (laughs) um i I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, so what you may remember from last time is that just like Yu-Gi-Oh! before, uh, this centers around Yugi Moto, who is the young boy who solves the Millennium Puzzle. And the Millennium Puzzle gives you uh, dark knowledge and mysterious powers. Um, unlike before, uh, the characters mostly have different names. Uh, you know, Taya and Tristan and Joey all have different names. Um, there's a new character, or not a new character, I guess, an old character that is removed from the show in later versions, uh, whose name is Miho. Miho, I think, was just added for this anime. Oh, so like she wasn't, she in, wasn't the manga. in the manga. Oh, so yeah, so a new character then, a, a anime unique character named Miho, um, who's sort of got like a Bulma vibe going on, like a blue-haired female protagonist kind of vibe. Um, She's... She's weird. She doesn't seem to be added for any particular reason. Well, so here's... besides being like a love interest for Tristan, exactly, and she refers to herself in the third person a lot. What is up with that? She's the only character that does this. Everything that Miho says, she goes, "Miho wants more clothes," or like Miho wants to go get a burger, and everyone else talks normal. Miho, you're like in high school. You can you can do this. You can say, I want I don't know what her deal is. It's impossible to tell. Um, So the episode begins with uh, Yugi and uh, Joey at school, right? No, it it doesn't. It starts with Yugi and Grandpa. It it starts with Yugi and Grandpa at breakfast. uh, After following up on the last episode, and Yugi is showing Grandpa the now-completed Millennium Puzzle. And Grandpa's going, I don't believe it. In the century since it's been discovered, or since it was discovered earlier this century, I guess. Yeah. So it's it's been dug up for a while. Uh, he goes, no one's uh, ever managed to solve it. And immediately I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's because you gave <laughs> you it to You left some... it around collecting dust, and then you gave it to this like 
12 year old boy right and like he's been working on it for four years as a child like anyone could have probably swooped in and solved it right away like it doesn't seem like it was actually that hard it was just a like a puzzle um and so he goes he goes uh so how are you feeling are you okay do you have any weird or strange powers or forbidden knowledge <laughs> and uh and yugi's like what no he's just like no i'm good i'm fine and he goes okay because you did read the inscription on the puzzle right and yugi's like no and grandpa says yeah it says right here anyone who solves me receives my dark and mysterious knowledge <laughs> or what is it my dark knowledge and forbidden powers or something uh and yugi's like all right grandpa well i'm i'm fine uh yeah you don't have to don't have to worry about me um and uh then it cuts to them at school and uh oh pepper sorry pepper's getting in the way again come on bud come on bud uh and <laughs> it uh it cuts to them at school and uh, i think it's the end of the period right or yeah. the end of the end of the Something school day and uh they're not in class right and so yugi's packing up and joey says to him so where do you want to go on the way home from school today uh it's in, it's implied for like lunch or something and uh tristan walks in and uh <laughs> this is man joey i like this line from joey joey in this version is so good like he's already good in the american version when they let him be good but he is constantly a source of one-liners in this version uh he's way smarter in this version way smarter so tristan overhears them talking about where they're going to go uh, on the way home from school and tristan goes like to interrupt right and he goes oh hey guys and and uh joey cuts him off mid-sentence and goes ah yes here it is the man who uh could not become class president so he instead became the janitor uh and what does he say there's like some not a janitor it's a beautification club right right i feel like there was some extra insults in there but in the japanese uh it just takes forever for him to say essentially like oh Here's the guy who gave up on his dreams and became a janitor instead. It's Tristan. Uh, and Tristan says, well, you remember, uh, A, not a janitor, like you said, Jimmy, uh, beautification club. And you remember that it's actually against school rules to stop uh, on the way home from school. Which I... Mm, so, okay, so there are a few things. A few things here that I'm not... That I don't quite understand for a couple of reasons. A... Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. I was actually homeschooled just like all the way through that may or may not come as a surprise for anybody. <laughs> um, uh, but so anytime I hear anything about high school, especially on television, I have to assume like, oh, okay, yes, this is actually how it was. Oh yeah. School is just like how it is on TV. I'm sure. Right. Like how can it be any other way? Why would TV lie to me? Uh, but this seems bonkers, right? Yeah. If you're done with school for the day, shouldn't you just be allowed to go wherever? I don't know how they would even like go about enforcing this sort of thing. Right. I feel like, I mean, it kind of plays into what happens later in the episode, but I think they would have to like go out of their way to find out like the school disciplinary whatever. Oh, would yeah. Have to be, the guys like, from the last episode. Yeah. Like they would have to like basically get snitched on for anyone to find out that oh yeah i saw 
so and so over at Burger King. I on the way home from school. And like, what would what a crime? Would you have to like get photographic evidence of them there, or like, I? It just seems it seems impossible to enforce. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I think it's a cultural thing that we might not entirely be picking up on. It, it must be. And there are a couple more of these uh, sort of what's it's clearly like a cultural difference between Japan and America um, that I just find really interesting. So that's the first one. Um, but so Tristan is laying out like, Oh, Hey, uh, Oh, and I just realized I, <laughs> I put my foot up on the coffee table and I realized that I put my foot directly on this book that you lent me. So I don't, oh. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to move that real quick great radio um and uh so he he's reminding them that hey it's against school rules to stop on the way home from school and uh they were like well we just wanted to go check out uh burger world for lunch and uh miho chimes in and miho goes oh i wanted to try out burger world too and tristan immediately goes well then we're then we're going clearly we're we're all just gonna go it's gonna be great it'll be a it'll be a great great old time we'll all stop on the way home from school and uh pepper i am just okay i'm gonna put you on the floor here but <laughs> let me describe the situation for listeners tyler is trying to lift his sweet little wiener dog off of the couch and put him down one-handedly and so Pepper is just kind of dangling in midair with his legs hanging down. Yeah. If it's a very cute. If you've ever tried to maneuver a dachshund with one hand, you you know my pain. Um, all right. So uh, Tristan goes, okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll all go then because uh, I definitely, uh, you know, just I'll do whatever Miho wants. And uh, Taya is overhearing all of this. And every time somebody brings up the word burger world or the words, plural, I guess. Uh, she gets visibly sort of agitated. And when it's decided that all four of them will go, she turns around and says, no, I, I've i heard that Burger World is horrible and you shouldn't go to Burger World. And uh, the somebody got poisoned there on the grand opening and like, you definitely shouldn't go. No, absolutely. And like disappears. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I... I'm trying to she remember just the, jumps out yeah. the door and is like, well, bye. Yeah, well, bye. Okay, that's it. Just don't go to Burger World. Bye. And uh, Yugi and Joey are kind of like, well, that was weird. Like, and well, and Tristan, they go, oh, that that's, you know, kind of kind of odd. What's what's going on? And Joey goes, I know what's going on. When was the last time that we uh, we walked home with, with Taya? Has anyone, uh, anyone walked home with her in a while? Anyone seen what she gets up to after school? And Yugi's like, no, I I guess not. Like, it's been a while since we've hung out. Why? And Joey goes, uh, I bet you she's dating for hire. And he like nudge, nudge, wink, winks. Uh, and there's there's a helpful subtitle in our subdiversion. Uh, in like a, a, at the top of the screen, there's like a very tiny subtitle going. Dating for pay equals teenage prostitution. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, okay, got that. Yeah, kind of figured that out from context clues. Um, but yikes. Yeah, crazy, right? And and the thing is, is nobody's response is we should fucking call the cops and like call her parents and make sure she's, that she's okay. Everyone's just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess she knows what she's doing. <laughs> uh, except for Miho, uh, whose other character trait is being Taya's friend. And Miho goes, no, I am going to uh, 
rescue her from this life because I can't imagine Taya uh, feeling, you know, such a desperate need for money that she needs to prostitute herself out like this. Uh, and then she stops herself and she goes, I mean, unless she suddenly has developed a thing for older men, I guess, but no, never mind. <laughs> it's just a really, really weird scenario. It's really uncomfortable because everyone really rapidly vacillates between being super against it as you should be or being like kind of for it. Like, well, maybe she just likes older men. Like, no, maybe she's just getting a crap ton of money. She, what? No, <laughs> she's like 14. She's a 14 year old girl. I, Come on, you creeps. No. So anyway, so Miho is determined to, uh, you know, help her find a better path in life. And, uh, she decides to follow Taya, uh, out of the school and, and kind of down the street. And we see this street scene that's used uh, a few different times throughout the the episode. I almost said movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Same difference. Uh, and she follows Taya and um, that scene kind of like fades out as she's sort of poking her head around a corner and monologuing to herself about how she's going to save Taya from this horrible life. Um, we cut to the next day. Uh, or pardon me, we fade out and we actually, it's the same day. It's a, uh, TV report of, uh, a prisoner escaping from prison. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to forget. It's Tetsu, right? Yes. Not Tetsuo. Like I keep wanting to say, uh, Canada <laughs> Tetsuo. No, it's Tetsu. Tetsu the hedgehog. Is this criminal's name? Is this criminal's name? And not my DeviantArt OC. Uh, well, it's my DeviantArt OC now. Uh, and uh, Tetsu the Hedgehog has recently uh, escaped from prison and is on the run. Uh, and we see this in sort of these very noir-esque close-ups uh, where you don't really see this person's face for a while. Um, but it's revealed that they actually got out of prison uh, by... Uh, disguising, he disguises himself as um a guard. A guard, that's right. And in we like see him a, like knocking out a guard and then like sneaking out and taking a cop car. That's right. Well, so here's here's the the thing that I didn't catch until just now. So he knocks out a guard and hits another guard with a nightstick, uh, and that becomes important later on. Because we see all of this in just close-ups, so we don't know like who's hitting who or who's wearing what guard uniform, and it's only revealed as Tetsu's getting away. He takes off his guard hat, uh, and he's got this like green and yellow kind of spiky hair, which I guess is why he's called the Hedgehog. Yeah, because uh, he's got spiky hair. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to do want to grab him? Yeah, this is one of those like eh, podcasting with a dog. Um, all part of the bonus episode fun for you folks. So uh, Tetsu. Uh, is listening to the radio and the radio is reporting about his escape and they call him uh tetsu do they yeah that's when they first call him tetsu the hedgehog and he goes ah oh, you'll be calling me tetsu the master of disguise from now on uh as he removes his guard hat and reveals that he's escaped because he disguised himself as a guard um and it shows in another series of close-ups him eating a burger mm -hmm. and talking about what he's going to do now that he has escaped from prison and his whole goal is to become this, like, master thief that he thinks that he is. Uh, and so he uh, is eating a burger, and then he's sitting in front of a, a bank vault, and he's, like, cracking the vault, 
while you know stories of his escape are still playing in the background on the radio uh and he opens this bank vault only to find that it is empty and he's driving away from the scene uh he's eating at like a noodle shop and uh watching the report on tv right and the report's basically saying that escaped criminal has robbed a bank vault and several other bank vaults Right, stealing, you know, however many millions of yen. Uh, And he is watching this going, well, yeah, I broke into a bank vault, but I didn't steal any, there wasn't any money there to steal. And what are they talking about? Other banks. I only went to this one place and came up empty handed. And they figure just because of like the way that the crime was done, that it was Tetsu who did it. Uh, And... Uh, so he gets like real angry and like breaks his chopsticks at the noodle place. And that was actually, that was one of my favorite shots is it's sort of a looking at his hands on either side of the, the bowl of ramen. Uh, and he like g- squeezes his chopsticks in one hand so tightly that they, they break the chopsticks. One thing I like about this series is how creative they are with like camera angles and things. Yeah. We don't see that in the regular Yu-Gi-Oh show. No, not quite so much. I mean, it does like some interesting cinematic things but it's not nearly as daring yeah dramatic would would be a great word for it um a lot of this episode feels like some of the more creative stuff that they did in like looper Mm. um you know spinning the camera around in that one scene where he's uh he just he'd just done drugs right in looper and the camera spins a full 360 degrees on its axis um that sort of thing or it it almost feels like a like an indie sci-fi film in a lot of ways. They're just trying like weird angles that are meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um man, what happens next? Oh yeah, so it's so it's the next day and it's after school and it's it's the kids again and they're having the same debate as before. They're like, "Okay, well, where should we go for lunch? Should we actually like go to Burger World this time?" And uh Oh, I think um is this the one where Joey's talking to Tristan about basketball, or is that the the next day? I forget, honestly. I think that might be this day. Um, but essentially what happens is, like, Taya kind of dismisses the idea again. Um, and whatever it is that they decide to go to... Uh, oh, they're talking about the uh, the criminal. And there's, she says, oh, you shouldn't go out, like, out in the streets because there's an escaped convict. Right. Oh, and, he, and he's been seen in the area. And okay, so here's the other cultural difference that I found really, really interesting. Uh, when they introduced Tetsu, one of the first things that's said on the radio is everyone is advised to be careful around Tetsu because it is rumored that he might have a pistol. That wouldn't even be like worth mentioning in America. Yeah, like, you would just kind of assume. Yeah, you just kind of assume that like him and twelve other people that you interact with on any given day have some form of like gun on them. Yeah, and it was so interesting because I don't, you don't think about that in American media until it's pointed out as like, oh, you have to be dangerous because this explicit guy, yeah. maybe it's could, always, could be possibly it's oh, rumored. Oh no, this guy's armed and dangerous. Right. You should be avoid you should be very careful if you see him and call the police. And that's the thing is they don't even say armed and dangerous. They say he may have a pistol. And that right there is enough to like 
shake the whole school. Yeah, everyone is rattled by this idea that he might have a pistol. And it's just so crazy to me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so they, they're talking about the criminal, and they're talking about how he escaped and all these things. And I forget what it was they said they were going to do, um, but Miho's like, oh, that sounds great. I'll come too. And Taya goes, nope, uh, Miho, no, we... Uh, we got we stuff got, to we do. We got that thing we got to go do. And Miho's like, oh, right, well... Okay, tomorrow, I guess. Uh, just, you know, be safe on the way home, all these things. And she and Taya, you know, GTFO. And Joey is like, oh, oh man, that's a bummer. Miho's dating for hire now, too. <laughs> I guess they're they're in on it. Yeah, I guess, I guess they're in on it. And uh, Tristan's like, what are you talking about? That is impossible. There is no way. There is no way my sweet, precious Miho could be one of those girls. And uh, he goes, I mean, you know, I know that they're doing it. I can tell you how I know. And Tristan's like, well, what are you? What on earth are you talking about? Yeah, like, tell me. And he goes, did you see what Taya got for lunch today? Or did you see what, uh, what Bento specifically Taya got for lunch today? Taya got the super special stamina Bento. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was like high stamina Bento. Yeah. Which is a weird name for a meal. This high stamina. It's like uh, when you go to Jamba Juice and they have all the little shots you can put, like the immunity boost. And the the energy boost and stuff that you can put in your your Jamba Juice. I okay one. Of, I guess this bento gives you stamina. One of for activities. I I guess for dating for hire. Uh, <laughs> so I I owe a lot to Jamba Juice. One of which is uh, there was an experience that I had there that helped me stop being a shitty person. Um, I because of I guess the friends that I had growing up used to think that it would be a really funny idea to walk into a, jam- a Jamba Juice and order a drink. And when they ask, uh, I don't think they still do this, but if you got like a certain size drink, you could put like a boost in it yeah. with like scare quotes. Uh, and it was like protein or energy or whatever. Yep. And I thought it would be a really funny idea. And I'm ashamed to even say this now to say, yeah, I'd love an AIDS boost. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like 15 or 16 at the time, right? That is exactly what I would picture a homeschooler would think is cool and edgy. Yeah, and it's it's so indicative of like what can my I get shitty... my can I get my Jamba Juice with AIDS in it? Right, it was just so that's, <laughs> Tyler. That's, no, it's exactly the kind of humor that like my shitty friends would have thought was was funny, and that's why I'm not friends with those people anymore. <laughs> and and the reason is is I got put in my place that day because the dude working the Jamba Juice props to him saw my number you know saw me coming from a mile away and his reply just like dead ass looked me in the eye and he goes yeah i'll hook you up <laughs> i was like what oh no <laughs> he called your bluff <laughs> he called my bluff it was amazing and i i i was a changed man that day um, uh this is extremely hilarious to me yeah so that's that's just a little insight into boost <laughs> what kind of a shithead i used to be <laughs> Um, I'm really glad I'm not that person anymore. So where was I? Yeah. So Joey's like, yeah, she bought the, they call it the Stamma Ben, which I think is an amazing way to sort of contract that name Stamina Bento. Uh, he he goes, yeah, they get the Stamina Ben that not even you or I have tried, which means that she's got money. Yeah. Apparently it's like 
one of the most expensive like box lunches bentos that you can get yeah and there's a really good bit of animation here uh where you see tristan's expression change from anger to hunger which is a really like (laughs) weird line to animate but you can see exactly when he's like oh yeah oh that sounds real good (laughs) um and he goes well that means that she's got to have money and there's only one way to get money as we've established uh, so that, that must that be That makes sense. The clues are all lining up. Yeah. And, and, uh, Tristan's like, oh man, well, if, if Miho's embroiled in this, like we got to figure out something. Uh, so they, uh, opt to, to follow them. Well, Tristan uh, or, does. Or just Tristan, pardon me. And so we, then we get another shot that's very similar to when Miho was following Taya, uh, where he's on that same street, you know, looking at, at Taya and, and, uh, uh, Miho fake character, um, no, not fake character. I feel bad for Miho. I I wish that there was a spot for Miho in the new series, but there just there just isn't. Um, and uh, he he's following them around the corner, and that scene just kind of fades. Um, I want to mention this street that they're on because uh, it really cements Japan as like the location mm-hmm. that there this series takes place in because it's one of those very almost stereotypically Japanese streets where it's just a flat kind of boulevard. And then like the edge is like one of those walls that's going up at a, like an 80 degree angle. that's made of that like cobblestone. Yeah. And there's like a little, um, like a watery, not like a canal, but it's like halfway between a ditch and a canal. Yeah. It's, it's clearly meant for irrigation of some kind. Um, it's not like a sewer. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a place you would go swimming. Uh, it's it's I think the same street as what we saw in the previous episode, um, where the the bad guy at the end falls in mm. to the water. Is that that same street or where the where the puzzle piece is thrown in the water? Maybe that might be a slightly different street, but like that would it would make sense for like this street to like that that canal to like feed into this wider uh, river yeah. area. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely it's the kind of city location that you would see, like really any time that like a Studio Ghibli movie goes into like Tokyo or uh, you know, yeah, any Japanese city. Uh, and um, yeah, no, I I agree. I really like the sense of place here, and I think they do that in a few interesting ways. Like with the ramen shop too. Like in the couple of shots that you see of that shop, like that's very sort of quintessential. This is a a Japanese yeah. ramen shop. He's right? eating ramen. Uh, there's like a Japanese guy there with his hair up in a, um, totally blinking on the on the word right now. It's a bun of some kind. Yeah. I, I forget the official, there's a, a specific name. But he for looks it. like a Japanese chef. Yeah. Well, and even just the layout of the restaurant, you know, you've got the, the long bar and only just a few kind of tables, uh, besides that. Um, and uh there's another set that is a very japanese set that we'll get to in a minute actually uh but first we see uh it, it fades out and it comes back to uh tetsu the hedgehog uh which i just <laughs> will never not say uh tetsu the hedgehog is uh cutting his way into a glass display case in like a museum of some kind yeah or like um, a really high-end um jewelry shop yeah and again it's shot in such a way that you don't really see his face ever which i i found really interesting because i think 
you know, especially if this were the American version of Yu-Gi-Oh, we would have seen his face like several times by now. He would have had like a distinguishing scar, that sort of thing. But you never really see his face. And he cuts into this glass uh, a display case and he's pulling these jewels out. And he says, uh, oh, yes, these are the jewels uh, worn by Marie Antoinette. And they'll, yeah, I'll be able to sell them for millions uh, on the black market. And he gets out safe and he's got the jewels with him. And it shows a shot of him driving away with the jewels in the passenger seat, just on the seat for some reason, like not even in like a box yeah. or a bag or anything. Just sitting there out in the open. Uh, and he's listening to the radio and it's another report just like before where somebody's talking about the crime that's just been committed. And the report says that the jewels that were stolen uh, were a fake and were a replica of the ones worn by... <laughs> With it. and he goes wait a minute <laughs> so i just stole a fake and uh the report continues to say that uh several other uh important pieces of jewelry were also stolen that night uh all by tetsu the hedgehog and he goes well no like this is the only thing i got and it's a fake so like what am i what am i gonna do uh and it it's got another shot of him uh I, I forget if this is before or after. I think it was before actually the heist. It's got another close-up shot of him eating a burger. Um, and I, I'm going to pause right here. I got to respect this man's burger eating skills. Cause it's like not, it's maybe like a quarter pounder. Would you say? Yeah. It's, it's not a small burger. It's not like a McDonald's hamburger, but it's also not like a, not like a double decker. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and he eats like half the burger <laughs> in one in bite. One bite. It's insane. It's pretty impressive. Like, dude loves burgers. Like, I could, I could maybe find a way to stomach that much food in one go, but I don't know that my mouth would be wide enough to accept the burger into my face hole. Yeah, we see him in profile eating this burger, and his mouth gets like super wide to eat this burger. It's, it's like, um, Lauren sent me this earlier today. Actually, have you seen the Japanese Burger King commercials? No. Okay, I'm going to pull this up real quick, and this is just going to be great radio. Um, so if you're not familiar, you've probably seen the GIF of uh, there was a Burger King advert in uh, – it feels like the 90s to me. It's honestly hard for me to tell, but just from the filming style, it feels like the 90s. And what it is is this guy uh, opening up a, a, a burger. It's one of their like triple-stacked Burger King burgers. And he's in a, a work lunchroom and he gets up to go get a drink from the vending machine. And the, another guy across the room sees the burger, <laughs> flops down to the ground, and then wriggles along the ground like a snake all the way to the table where the Ugh. burger is. And he wriggles his way up the side of the table, gets eye level with the burger, stares it down, and unhinges his jaw to allow the entire <laughs> triple stack burger into This is horrifying. Mouth. Like a snake. <laughs> and you've probably seen the gif, like I said, but he eats the entire burger in one bite. It's like then half the size of away. his head. Yeah, he just swallows it whole. He doesn't Ugh. chew or anything. And then his friend, the guy who got the burger initially, is just like, oh my God, what is happening? Just like, you know, hands on the sides of his head. Um, yeah, so that was the, the Japanese uh, triple whopper. But yes, that's basically exactly what happens in this it's episode. Nuts. Uh, Anyway, so uh, he is uh, perplexed by the idea that somebody, clearly not him, has been stealing all these jewels uh, and that he's getting the blame for it. 
Um, I forget if anything else happens to him in that scene or if he's just I think left it's wondering. just it ends with him like driving away down the street and he like takes the fake and chucks it out the window and it just shatters to pieces in oh, the foreground. That's right. that's right. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to uh, the kids in the hall, um, the kids at school. And they're, I think just again, I, I think uh, this is when they bring up basketball and Joey wants to play basketball with Tristan. Yeah. And then Tristan starts acting really weird. And he's like, uh, no, I, I can't. We got to go. We, we got to do this. This thing, thing. After we gotta, you know, we got to, we're, we're real busy. Um, and uh, he kind of repeats a line that Taya had uh, in the previous day where she's like, we're going to be real busy for a while. So like, don't invite us to shit. Um, and they, the three of them now, uh, Taya, Miho and, and Tristan uh, all leave together. And <laughs> so Yugi turns to Joey and he goes, don't tell me you think Tristan's dating for hire now too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and joey's like I'm yes like, it's not it's not impossible he could be dating some rich old lady you know you never know uh and uh they're like well all right they are acting really weird they're all acting weird they're all in this together clearly so you know we gotta follow them we gotta figure out what's going on uh to go help our friends so the two of them now follow uh Tristan and and Taya and, and Miho. And we've been seeing this in the previous scenes, but uh, all these scenes are like the same repeated, like going down the hallway and then going down the street. Mm-hmm. But each time the people following them are doing that like uh, Hanna-Barbera, like, oh, yeah, to, like, like the Scooby-Doo. heads, Scooby-Doo, like sticking their head around the corner, like, whoop, and then like the one uh, that defies all physics. There's no physical way that anyone could possibly do this action, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then in this scene, it's uh, Yugi and um, and Joey doing that thing where it's both their heads sticking around the corner. Actually, this is the only time where it kind of works because Yugi's like two feet tall. Yeah, that can actually work there because he's so short. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so they poke their heads around the corner and they follow them down the street uh, and they follow them straight to... Bum, Boyga Wild. Wow, who would have thought? Uh, so they find Burger World, and they realize, oh yeah, at all this time we've been talking about going to Burger World, we haven't actually been here yet. Let's uh, go inside. Let's go inside. And so they walk up, and the doors open automatically, and who should be there but Tristan, Taya, and Miho, all in Burger World outfits. Uh, and they do this little, like... Uh, it's almost like a little dance. Yeah, they do this weird pose, and it's like, "Welcome to Burger World." So, I they're like greeters. Yeah, well, and the pose is really interesting to me because um, I, I've been following this uh, this Twitter account that is uh, Tokusatsu gifts, um, and it's gifts from like shows like Power Rangers or Common uh, Rider, uh, and it's all the like. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, Toku Gifts. T-O-K-U Gifts. G-I-F-S. So it's all the, like, you know, teens in costumes fighting monsters shows. Uh, and the pose that they're doing feels like, um, again, more just great radio-free folks. I'm finding another gift for Jimmy here. It feels like a transformation sequence in a Toku show is what I'm trying to say. They're doing this, like, weird like z pattern with their arms it's like in um 
Pokemon Sun and Moon when they do the Z move. Yeah. It's like that. Um, yeah, I'm not finding the gift that I'm thinking of, but they're doing like a sort it's of like a Z when, uh, formation with their arms and they're all doing the same pose. Yeah, it's like um, like the generic pose of like a waiter and they've got like a platter in one hand and they're like balancing on one foot. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your it's, meal's here. It's like they're all preparing to do like uh, uh, Super Saiyan like fusion dance. Um but they don't. And they say, welcome to Burger World. We're all your burgers are burgers. We're all your burgers come true. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Good Burger. Home the Good Burger. <laughs> um, and then they open their eyes and it's Joey and Yugi standing there. And immediately they're all like, uh. And they turn around. They just full on turn their backs to Joey and Yugi and have like a huddle. Yeah. Which like, oh shit. We just revealed that uh we're working at burger world to the biggest blabbermouth in school joey and it's i love that scene too because it's clearly just like okay we're going to pause everything going on here the three of us need to huddle and figure out what we're gonna do in this bad situation uh and they they huddle and tristan is just like we're fucked (laughs) uh and so they're they're trying to determine what to do and their boss comes out and says uh well you guys are leaving customers at the door. Like you should rush them to their tables now. Uh, and uh, they take them to their tables and I'm trying to remember, does somebody take their order? No, it just no? cuts to Joey and Yugi sitting at a booth. That's right. Yeah. And this is now uh, a scene that we saw in an episode of the American Yu-Gi-Oh uh, that for you and I was only a couple of weeks ago, but I, I don't know how long ago it's going to be uh, for the listeners, but it's... Yeah, this is when I got excited because I thought they were going to show this scene coming up, but it's just kind of adapted. Kind of, yeah. Um, so it's it's them hanging out uh, at the table and Taya brings them uh, two burgers and two drinks and she does the whole, you know, cheery burger world spiel uh, and it has this thing of mustard or uh, ketchup. ketchup rather. And she's like, here at Burger World, we put ketchup on your burgers. And she just starts like dumping the ketchup. It's a squeeze bottle and she just sprays it. And for uh, like a good couple of seconds and is like waving it back and forth. And it's revealed on the reverse shot that she's written. What did she write? It's something along the lines of uh, I'll never forgive you if you tell anybody. And it's in, in Japanese characters, uh, just like straight up on the burgers. And this is maybe the grossest part for me is she put it like on the tops of the buns. Yeah. I mean, just on the fries would have sufficed or like on it's the all over the burgers. The it's table, on the maybe. trays. So those burgers are going to be impossible to eat, right? Like you're just going to be grabbing ketchup. It's just going to be nasty. Um, and uh, she goes, what does she say exactly? Oh, no. And Joey clarifies like, oh, yeah, it's. Uh, no, this is earlier. This is before the huddle. Joey asks Tristan, hey, isn't it against the rules to have a part-time job uh, outside of school? And Tristan is like, I mean, you know, we all we all make mistakes, I guess. And Miho goes, yeah, and I want to buy things. <laughs> yeah. And then Tristan says, oh, oh I would ju- I will go as low as possible as long as I'm with my Miho-chan. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so they kind of re-clarify this with Taya a little bit like hey like 
yeah, it's against the school rules to have like a job outside a of job school. outside of school, which again is a thing that I just I don't get. I, I don't... guess they want kids to like focus on their studies, but and that's that's great and all, but like you could just say that too. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, so Taya goes, yeah, and that's why like you can't tell anybody because I need this job, and she goes, well, now that this secret's out, I'll tell you why I need this job. And it's because I'm saving money. Uh, and when I graduate, I'm going to move to America. Um, to New York specifically. To New York. And we get this kind of same spiel in the American version, but she wants to move to New York uh, and become a ballet dancer. And she goes, all right, cool. I've told you, uh, you can laugh all you want, but that's, that's why I'm here. And Joey, uh, again, is surprisingly cool for Joey. Uh, and he's like, no, like that's, pretty cool we're we're not gonna make fun of you for that like yeah don't worry uh and Taya's Taya goes oh okay cool well enjoy your burger I guess and like leaves um and then we got back to outside uh, uh where a uh spiky haired gentleman uh very much resembling the back of uh Tetsu the the hedgehog uh is running towards uh burger world and uh, he sort of disappears into Burger World and a older gentleman uh, who's got very much a like, how would you describe this dude's vibe? Like, hmm. he's got, he he's looks got like gray a, hair, he's got yeah. a mustache. He looks like a Japanese J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He's very much a, like a hard boiled cop looking kind of guy. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, for sure. Japanese or whatever that um didn't J.K. Simmons just do another um like a cop movie? Did he? Yeah, I I vaguely remember him getting ripped for something that he did pre- recently. Anyway, um so this guy runs uh sort of perpendicular to the path that uh that um Tetsu just ran uh but is like clearly looking for somebody and you assume it's Tetsu and he goes, Oh, where could he have gone? And just completely walks past the burger world. Like the pretty obvious place that somebody would go, uh, in this area. Like it's the only building around really. Um, and, uh, I, what, I forget what happens after this specifically. I think he just goes into the restaurant well, he loops around is the thing. There's like yeah. another shot of something, and I'm, I'm forgetting. There's a what good it couple is. of minutes where he's just kind of on the trail of Tetsu, right? And so finally, he loops back around and goes into the burger world, uh, and uh, comes into the burger world. And Joey and Yugi kind of see him come in. They're like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he flashes his badge, and is... they can see him from the distance, like talking to the manager, right? Uh, and he flashes his badge and they're like, Oh, what's going on? And, and the, the manager takes the, the guy back to talk to, I guess the only employees here, which are, uh, Miho, Taya and Tristan and Miho and the other guy and the other guy. Is there another guy? Yeah. The red haired dude. Genuinely do not remember this character. Is there yeah. a red haired dude? Yeah. The, the taller buff guy. Who is very important later on. Oh, he was an employee there? Yeah. I thought he was just another guest. No. Oh. He was wearing the, the same, like, disgustingly green shirts what? as them. Okay. I did not notice this okay. at all. Oh, I thought he was another customer. Okay. 
<sighs> All right. So there is a fourth employee there. Pardon me. Uh, who is not named as of yet, but is a, a tall man with uh, a red ponytail. Right? A ponytail? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> man, I can't believe I missed that. Uh, and Miho, upon hearing the the news from the police officer, uh, which we don't get to hear, uh, she goes, a, a bank robber or an escaped convict here? Uh, and the, the officer goes, yes, and a bank robber, too. And uh, we believe that, that he is somewhere uh, in this building. And um, and then Joey and Yugi just kind of pop up to see what's going on. They just like zoop in from the side in the background there. Yeah, to exactly. Listen to the, they, what the guy's talking they just about. magically join the conversation. Uh, and, uh, I forget all the details that he gives him about, uh, Tetsu, but he says, the main point is that, um, as he was escaping from the police, one of the officers was able to hit him in the leg with his baton. Right. And so his leg probably has a bruise on it. Right. So they need to find some way to, uh, creatively check everyone's legs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to which, uh, I think it's Taya has this great idea um, again, this episode is really uh, great at letting Taya be smart um, in, in a way that the American show just, I don't think, is even capable of. Uh, and she goes, oh, we could use these and points to this basket of like Hot Wheels cars yeah. that they just have for some reason. I guess, I guess it's for like when kids come to the restaurant. I guess I, I used like to happy go, meal toys or something like that. I used to go to a Denny's growing up that had connects, just like oh, baskets neat. of connects that you could so have. So you can play with them while you're eating and And I'm realizing now that probably nobody sterilized them between meals. Oh, <laughs> uh, what weird disease am I going to have? Um, so uh, I, I, I'm probably fine. Uh, so she dumps this box of hot wheels on the ground and they somehow i don't know how all the hot wheels cars like go down the uh there's sort of a main aisle of the restaurant between the booths and And, like they all just like go under people's booths but like perfectly yeah like it's it's like it's the perfect bowl basically where she just dumps them out and each one only one goes underneath each booth and you see them all kind of start off in the same direction and then deviate course at just the perfect time. And it's like, I think that's the most magical bullshit that we have in this episode, frankly. Yeah. Um, but it gives them an excuse to chase after the cars and, and go, like, go oh, underneath, you know, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. And let me, let me look for this car under your table and get a good look at your leg to see if you have a bruise. Uh, and, uh, this happens, uh, you know, a few different times. Everyone's kind of checking the legs. Uh, Joey and Tristan or Joey and Yugi are now in on it and they're helping out for some reason. Uh, and I think it's Taya, right? Gets to this sort of portly gentleman who's got his feet up on the table. He, he's a very like 90s anime looking guy. Just a big, fat, angry looking man. Like businessman in a black suit with a red tie. Uh, and she goes, uh, sorry, Mr. Customer. She actually says, Mr. Customer, uh, we, uh, we have a rule here. Like you can't put your feet up on the table. Uh, and as she's saying that she actually grabs his pant leg and like pulls his pant leg up to see if he has a bruise. bruise, Yeah. Uh, which I thought was just really 
like that's even more ridiculous for some reason than looking at people's legs underneath the table like going up like if i were to walk up to you right now like oh sorry jimmy uh we you no feet on the table yeah sorry let me just uh i'm just gonna look at your uh your leg there <laughs> just pull up my pants so you can have a look at my thigh uh and, and um uh yeah it'd be weird right yeah so this guy freaks out and he's like what are you doing I am a paying customer here and you are like, you're, I, I think exactly he, uses, says, he, sa- he says you stupid bitch or something along, something those, along lines. those lines. And he says, you're ruining my relaxation. <laughs> uh, and the manager comes up and is like, okay, Mr. Customer, like, sorry about that. And I guess maybe they just know this dude as Mr. Customer, or maybe that's what they call everyone. I don't know. Um, and uh, he says like, okay, well, you know, sorry, like we'll, we'll leave you alone. Here's a, free something uh and the cop kind of comes up to the manager and uh sees what's going on and actually shows his badge to uh this customer to mr customer and mr customer then like calms down and sees okay like all right cool i get it yeah the law is involved something's going down he explains Uh, we have a situation here there's an escaped convict who probably has a bruise on his leg Right. And we're having to check everyone's legs. Right. And, the, and Mr. Cosman is like, all right, I get that. But like, don't check my legs, bro. <laughs> like, you, you realize how weird that is, right? Uh, and they all kind of go, oh, yeah, you're right. This is kind of fucked up that we're just like lifting everyone's pants. Sorry about that. And the manager goes, well, there has to be some other way of figuring out like who the criminal is here. Um, and what does it? Doesn't the cop make, like, an announcement to the restaurant at that point? Kind of. So he announces to the restaurant, like, there is an escaped convict in the building, and that's why we've been checking everyone's legs. Yeah. Um, Because supposedly, and he, like, explains the whole bruise thing again. Uh, And the manager asks, well, is there any other way that we could identify this person? He goes, well, we don't really have much to go on other than he is deathly allergic to eggs. So this is uh, another point where... Taya has some time to shine and is actually really smart. And she announces, oh, well, that won't be too hard because all our hamburger buns have egg in them. Like, super loud, wink, wink. This is some, like, Hercule Poirot, like, Encyclopedia Brown cleverness shit. Like, this is fucking great. Because when she does that, it cuts to a point of view shot from another customer who is saying to themselves in what we quickly recognize as Tetsu's voice going, did she just say eggs? I'm allergic to eggs. Now that she mentions it, I'm feeling really, really weird. And like the camera starts to get like kind of shaky. And again, like great camera work. And he starts to sweat. He starts to sweat, which is, that was a weird thing to see from his point of view is him sweating. But you could tell. Yeah. It was like kind of around the, the corners. Right. Um, and uh, the cop, like, sees this and swoops in and gets right up in his face, up in, you know, our face as the audience looking out, uh, and goes, are you feeling okay? How you, how you doing? You allergic to eggs? Uh, and he's like, well, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just, I just need to go to the, I just need to go to the bathroom. And he, like, pushes the cop out of the way. And immediately the cop grabs him, pins his arm back, pulls his hat off, revealing the weird purple and yellow spiky hair or purple and green spiky hair. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, Tetsu the Hedgehog who we're now seeing his face for the first time. 
uh, and everyone kind of crowds around him. And Tetsu's like, well, uh, no, you got to let me go. And he struggles against the cop. And what the other employee, the redheaded employee, kind of steps in to try and help the cop. But they all end up falling on top of each other. And in the tussle, Tetsu sees this employee's leg and he's got a bruise in the exact same place the cop said that Tetsu would have a bruise. And Tetsu goes, well, this guy has a bruise and nobody hit me. And I've been hearing all these radio reports about theft that I like that nothing's, you know, uh, uh, nothing matches what I've been doing. And he goes, well, hang on a second. Who else escaped from prison recently? And he grabs the back of this guy's shirt. And in the most impressive feat of strength (laughs) I have ever seen in my goddamn life, he rips just the middle of this guy's shirt off, just the, the, the middle back portion, uh, in like an almost perfect circle. And it reveals a spider tattoo, a giant purple spider tattoo. And I'm forgetting this guy's name. Jiro the yellow spider. Uh, who I guess is a name that was mentioned like right at the beginning of the episode. Um, Jiro the the yellow spider is also known uh, as being a master of disguise, which he has proven here in his masterful disguise as a Burger World employee. Uh, which is a thing I only just now <laughs> realized. I thought he was just a dude in a weird green shirt. And that's why I was so confused at this point in the episode. I was like, well, that's that's a crazy random happenstance. No, he was like working there uh, as a cover. And uh, so he... Oh, and before all this happened, yeah. um, the cop was like grabbing uh, Tetsu the Hedgehog. And it's like, please, all right, you've got me. Just uh, call an ambulance. I'm about to die. Call an ambulance. And uh, Taya says, oh, I made all that shit up. All our our burgers are 100% wheat. And uh, (laughs) he just has this nonplussed look on his face. Just the fucking best. Great job, Taya. Great job. Flushed him out. And uh, so he's he's knocked over uh, Jiro the Yellow Spider and sort of reveals him as such. Uh, and reveals the bruise on his leg to the cop. Uh, and the cop is like now holding Tetsu and he goes, well, wait a second. So if Tetsu is the one that escaped from prison, like, who are you? And Jiro goes, well, Tetsu, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for recognizing me because I've gone to great lengths to disguise myself. Uh, I even got plastic surgery to change my face, uh, my, my face. And he, he pulled like a whole fucking racer X thing. To yeah. Just, like, completely blend into society again uh and i think at one point he even says like i changed my face to blend into this burger place or something which is a weird thing to say (laughs) pretty specific if you can change your face to blend in anywhere why would you pick burger world i don't know like change your face to be a teller at the bank that you want to rob or i don't know something like that uh and he goes ah but i see you haven't changed your face at all you look exactly the same as when i saw you last uh, and he dives in and grabs uh, the pistol out of Tetsu's um, uh, belt and grabs Teo with the other hand and, like, puts his gun up to her head and goes, all right, nobody moves or she she fucking dies. And at that point, uh, he – does he blindfold her? Yeah. I don't. Why does he blindfold her? He has – 
I, I don't remember exactly no his point. reasoning, but he sits her down. Oh no, no, I remember what it is because it's a dumb line. Uh, so he has a gun in one hand and he's got her in the other hand, and somehow, even with both his hands full, he has a bandana that he ties around her eyes, and he says, "Humans are interesting creatures. When they lose their sight, they become so frightened that they cannot even scream." And he goes, "Watch." And he, he so I guess he just does it to like keep her from from screaming from screaming and like causing commotion and he doesn't fucking go anywhere because he sits down at the table uh and like sits her next to him while she's blindfolded he's got the gun up to her head and he's like all right now this is a hostage situation and uh now you're gonna be nice to me right and he like orders a burger i think he orders something like a drink first he he says all right i've been in prison for a long time and i've been disguising myself and I haven't been able to, like, drink or smoke or do anything. That's right. So he orders... But now that I'm, like, free... And found out. Now that I'm found out, I'm free. So how would you bring me some alcohol and a cigarette? And uh, so <laughs> everyone kind of looks around and they're like, well... Who's, yeah, and everyone's who's, cowering on the floor yeah, at this and, point. And he's like, well, okay, so I got to pick somebody to do this, I guess. And he points his gun at Yugi and he goes, uh, you, the gutless kid... Uh, or the gutless looking kid, which I don't know. Uh, and he goes, okay, you're, you gotta go get booze and cigarettes for me, which like, again, he's like a 13 year old kid. I don't know where he's going to get booze from. I guess they had it there in the burger restaurant. They just sell like whiskey and cigarettes at burger world. I don't know where he gets it, but they don't even show it. But he comes back with this like tray of food and, uh, Taya is is sitting there blindfolded and she starts thinking to herself like, wait a second, gutless kid. Gutless I bet it's kid. Yugi. <laughs> ah, oh, is he talking about Yugi? Oh no. And uh, he, uh, Yugi is like bringing this tray of, of booze and cigarettes to, to um, I keep forgetting his name. Jiro? Jiro. Or Yiro? No, I think it's Jiro. I think I you're think right. Uh, so he's bringing this tray and Taya's figuring it out slowly of like, oh no, the gutless kid, that's Yugi. Yugi, no, stay away. He's dangerous. And, uh, she like stands up and tries to get Yugi to like go away. And Jiro, does he, does he punch her? He, he just slaps her he real slaps hard. slaps her, that's right. And, uh, Yugi like straight up drops the tray and freaks out and he's like, Taya. And the Millennium Puzzle lights up. And he does his magical girl transformation, which apparently is triggered when his friends are in danger, um, which I'd say is probably a good yeah. a good prompt for that. Uh, Better than card games are happening. Exactly. So he does his magical girl transformation. He becomes Scarlett Johansson. And he says to Jiro, uh, like, that's enough. Like, this isn't going to happen anymore. And uh, Jiro says something along the lines of like, you know, you you don't have any power here. Like I I hold her life in my hands. Yeah, he takes uh, a cigarette and starts like, he puts a cigarette in his mouth and he starts pouring some alcohol. Oh, that's right, that's right. And uh, uh, Yugi goes like, well, you know, I, I prefer to let fate decide uh, people's lives. Uh, and what better way to show fate than in the form of a game? And asks the guy if he wants to play a game with him. And he's like. Sure. Yeah, I'll play a game. When I like back before I was in prison, I was super into gambling. So that sounds fun as hell. That sounds great. Yeah, beer, beer and cigarettes, or uh, what is he pouring? It looks Alcohol. like he's pouring vodka, like straight, like straight vodka. Well, they talk about it later, in, which like, is an important plot in, point. In, he's pouring. 
what looks like a fifth of vodka into like a tumbler glass. Uh, and he's just going to drink it like water. I don't know. It looks really bad. Uh, and Yugi goes, all right, cool. But this isn't any normal game. This is a Yami game. Uh, or a ya- Yami no game is what they call it in Japanese, which is just like shadow game, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a shadow game. And he goes, uh, how does he describe it? He says the the loser... Uh, not the loser dies, but essentially like the loser's life is on the line. Yeah. Um, and Jiro's like, all right, bring it the fuck on. I like risks. Sure. Yeah. And so, uh, Yugi sits down next or across from him and the whole rest of the restaurant has disappeared at this point. Uh, and we see this is my favorite shot in the whole episode. We see the one booth that they're at from above and we see Jiro and Taya next to him. And then, uh, Yugi kind of like, sort of half reclining. He does like a Picard uh, recline yeah. on the booth. He's just relaxed as hell. Uh, and he uh, is offering the game to Jiro. And Jiro, a- as Jiro is explaining, like, yeah, I'm super into stakes. I really want to gamble. The camera goes, it moves from high above their heads down onto Jiro's face. But upside down upside down like jiro starts at the bottom ish of the frame and so as the camera moves it zooms in on his face up to a close-up of his face upside down and then as he finishes his line the camera slowly spins back around until his face is right side up and it is like i'm sure that there would be a way to do this shot in real life but damn that would be difficult like that'd be really impressive yeah that shot in real life you have to have like a weird jib arm and like rotate the camera like 360 degrees i'm wondering if you could do it with like those um those robotic arms they used to build cars mm, you know? yeah like i've seen people reprogram those for some interesting purposes i bet if you put a camera on that it could do it because it could like arc around and then rotate the hand ish part individually i, I know, know there are like specialized camera rigs that you can get where you do the camera movement once and it the machinery like remembers that and so it's oh, able yeah. to do it perfectly again and again to get the same shot every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be a way to do it. Um, but anyway, it looks cool. It, lo- it looks point. cool as hell. Like, definitely look up this episode. I, I wonder if maybe even this scene is on YouTube somewhere. I see gifts Probably. from this scene a lot. So I, I bet you it is. Um, and so he goes, okay, well, tell me the rules of the game. So Yugi says, all right, the game is simple. Uh, when we start the game, you can do whatever you like, but you can only use one finger and of of your 10 fingers you have to pick what finger you're going to use and at this point jiro's got his his gun aimed at yugi and so jiro goes well that's simple i don't even have to think about it it's my pointer finger like i'll just pull the trigger that's (laughs) i'll just use this one finger and i'll shoot this kid right in the head right and so yugi goes all right cool do whatever you want i'm going to use this thumb and he holds up a thumb and jiro's thinking to himself like well what can he do with thumb? Like this is really weird and pointless and I'm just going to shoot this kid. Uh, and Yugi goes, all right, well, you know, when the game starts, you can do whatever you like with that finger. You even, even pull the trigger. That's fine. And game uh, start. <laughs> I really like the way that he says it too. Like, I think the voice for these lines really works. I know in the last episode, I was really weirded out by the voice. Just, I think because I really wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> um, 
but it really works. In Nothing this can prepare you for sexy Yugi. Well, especially because we just finished watching an episode of American Yu-Gi-Oh! And like I was very used to the uh the Dan Green Yugi voice. And like It's time to duel. Yeah, no, and really nothing prepares you of, of going back the other direction uh to uh to OG Yugi. Um It's good though. It's good. It's it's weird because you kept saying Scarlett Johansson while we were watching, and it's weird that you would say that because it it reminds me of uh, the voice of uh, the major from Ghost in the Shell. Oh, who is bit. who is then later played by Scarlett Johansson in the live action film that I still haven't seen. Um, me neither. But it's it's just a it's a it's a pretty sexy like like a s- husky sultry sort yeah, of voice. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got it's got depth. Almost whispering at some points. Almost, yeah, which I think is what like really makes it for me in this episode is when he describes the rules of the game, they're simple rules, right? Like, okay, pick a finger, and that's the only one that you can use until the game's over, but he does it in such a way where you're like, oh, shit, like, this is mysterious as hell. Yeah. What's going to happen with that one finger? What's going to happen? Uh, and... Jimmy just flipped me off for the audience uh, and it really hurt my feelings. Um, Well, you know what? (laughs) The double deuce. Uh, So, whoa, the double deuce. So, uh, Yugi goes, All right, game start. And she goes, Okay, cool. Well, I guess I'm going to shoot you now. (laughs) And he says it like four times. He's like, uh, Leading up to the start of the game, he goes, Okay, so I'm just going to shoot you. And then Yugi explains the, the rules of the game. And he goes, okay, so I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> and then Yugi's like, well, but I'm going to use this finger. And Jiro goes, well, okay, but I'm going to shoot you <laughs> with my gun that I have. Pointed directly pointed at your directly face at you. from like two feet away. And uh, Yugi goes, uh, all right, game start. And Jiro starts to pull the trigger. And Yugi holds up a lighter. And with his thumb that he selected, flips open the the lighter. It's like a like a Zippo style lighter, and uh, ignites it. And Jiro goes, "Oh, that's right. I haven't lit my cigarette yet." And lets Yugi like lean in and and light the cigarette for him. And he's thinking to himself, "I'll just let him light the cigarette, and then I'll shoot him." Uh, and Yugi goes, uh, "You know, oh yeah, there's there's a cigarette lit for you, and I'll let you keep the lighter." And he drops it. And it's revealed that Jiro this whole time is still pouring that same glass of what looks like vodka. Uh, and the lighter falls such that it lands perfectly on his upright. hand. Uh, yeah, perfectly upright on his hand that's you know basically horizontal. Uh, so that it's balancing there, flame up uh, above the glass of just pure booze. Uh, and Jiro's like, oh, that's, that's weird. And Yugi goes, well, you know, you said you can only use the one finger. You agreed to that. And that alcohol that you're pouring is, what does he say? It's a, it's Russian. It's some kind of vodka, but the point is it's 90% alcohol. Which like, Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> is that how vodka is? It's basically is like, that why I hate vodka. Maybe this kind of vodka. Cause at this point it's basically like rubbing alcohol that he's pouring out this like right. dirty bootleg russian vodka okay oh okay here we go typical vodka contains about 40% abv so this is like this is double vodka ridiculous 
this is rubbing alcohol. Yeah. But the point is, he says, um, what are you going to do? Shoot me? The recoil it or anything you do is going to drop the lighter into the alcohol, which at this point is like pouring out of the glass it's, onto yeah, the table and into his lap. Because, again, he's been pouring this same tumbler-sized glass for easily five minutes now. <laughs> and if that f- that flame touches the alcohol, uh, it's the end for you, basically. It's going to explode and catch you on fire. Well, what I love about this scene is that it's not Yugi that explains that part. It's Jiro going, oh, shit, if this catches on fire, like it's in my lap now and everything, and I'll yeah. just be a human fireball, basically. It's his train of thought. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, well... Uh, okay, I guess I gotta make a decision here. And he like holds the gun, uh, kind of closer to Yugi, and he like threatens with it. And I don't know what Taya is doing this whole time. She's blindfolded. Oh right, so, so she's not doing. So anything. she can't scream. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, as established earlier. Um, that reminds me of a. Sorry, just real quick. Did you ever watch Invader Zim? Only a couple of times. There's a really great line that I love in Invader Zim where. Uh, Dib is, or Zim uh, has has grown a like a boil of some kind, this like weird growth on the side of his face, and uh, he draws a face on it with permanent marker, and he realizes that this like boil with a face has the power to hypnotize kids, uh, and so he puts a little suit on it and he calls it Pastulio. Uh, and so he's he's getting everyone to gaze into the eyes of Pastulio. Uh, and sure. He, and okay. He, and he hypnotizes the student body, and he's trying to hypnotize Dib, uh, because Dib is like you know up to up to his usual tricks, and he's on to Zim's game. Uh, and he goes, "You you have to look at uh, Pastulio, gaze into the eyes of Pastulio." And and Dib goes, uh, uh, "No, I I don't have to. I'll just I'll just close my eyes." And Zim goes, "You have to breathe sometime, Dib." And then Dib's like, "What do my eyes have to do with breathing?" And he opens his eyes. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's. That's what the whole thing with Taya being blindfolded <laughs> reminds me of. Anyway, Taya has looked into the eyes of, what was it? Pastulio. Pastulio. And so she can't do anything, but Yugi's like, you can't shoot me. I'm fine. Come on, Taya, let's get out of here. So right. he like takes her by the arm and pulls her out of the booth. Right. And so now... And stands up. And uh, Jiro decides, oh, this is actually really simple. And he puts the gun down. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't have to like abide by the rules of this dumb game. Uh, and he, he puts the gun down and he just like grabs the lighter off his hand and then stops pouring the booze and he like, you know, uh, extinguishes the lighter and puts it down and instantly Yugi turns around and he's like, I knew you wouldn't play by the rules. And, uh, and his you know, third eye is glowing and everything. The, the Yami no game is built to like reveal the true nature of the participants and anyone who cheats will be punished or yeah, whatever. Rule breakers are destined to be punished. Yeah. Uh, which is badass. Uh, and I think at one point even uh, Jiro like points out that his third eye is glowing. He's like, oh, what's up with that kid's third eye? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, I really feel like maybe he could have noticed earlier and just avoided this whole situation. Like, hey, what's up with that kid's third eye? Oh, hey, creepy kid. You want to play a game? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Yugi, what, what exactly does he say here? He's like, you're your punishment is up to me now. Like I get to decide your punishment. And the punishment is essentially that Jiro now thinks that everything is on fire. Yeah. And so we get this sequence of his third eye glowing and then like 
the glow hits uh, Jiro, and suddenly this like green blue like electric flame like erupts from out of nowhere and this like forms this mouth that comes down and, and it, like engulfs him and it's really cool because it starts coming off the pistol at first too yeah. so you see he grabs the gun and he points it back at yugi and that starts to erupt in a little bit of flame first and then yeah then all of him is just engulfed in this weird green purple flame and then it like cuts to him, he starts screaming and then it cuts to the other customers who are cowering and watching him scream and there's more screaming and then it's like the other employees watching this going on and then it's it cuts to a wide shot of him just out in the middle of the aisle just dancing around screaming get this put the fire out get this fire off me but there is no fire it's all in his mind it's all in his mind that's what you get when you play a shadow game uh, do we see anything more from, from Jiro the Yellow Spider? No, I think that's the end of yeah, his story. Yeah, it's, it's kind of implied that, like, the cop arrests both him and Tetsu, um, but it, we cut to the next day, or maybe, a, you know, even a week later, and, uh, Joey and, 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 uh, Yugi are, you know, deciding what to do after, after school, um and they are like oh well taya don't you have some place to be and she goes no 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 i'm i I quit my job you know if i'm if i'm working part-time i have less time to hang out with you guys yeah Uh, so that's that's what i want to do like i want to spend time with my friends and so they go not to burger world but do you remember the name of this restaurant i was it an italian place what 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 was it was it a ramen shop i See, I, remember. I vaguely remember there being a cow theme. I thought oh, it yeah. Like it was Lulu like... Land or something. Yeah, I do, I do remember this now. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but they all were wearing... All the employees have, uh, like, cow print right. uniforms, and everything inside is, like, cow-themed. And so they walk up to this restaurant, and the door's open, and it's Miho and Tristan uh, doing kind of that same pose as before, welcoming them in, and they're like, oh, it's you guys. Uh, yeah, please don't don't tell anyone. We're, we're back on our shit. Uh, and they're like, well didn't you guys like learn your lesson from breaking the rules the first time? And Miho goes like, Miho likes buying stuff. <laughs> and then, and uh, Tristan's like, I'll do anything to be with my Miho Chan. And everyone, it just, it's one of those cartoon moments that we never see in like the regular Yu-Gi-Oh anime, but where it cuts to, it's a very cartoon moment where it cuts their faces and everyone's just like, uh, yeah. Oh, you guys, Oh, you guys. And then it cuts to credits. Yep. And there it is. Uh, I I love the end credit song, <laughs> just unabashedly. It's really good. Uh, the whole end credit sequence is fantastic. It's pretty dramatic. It is. It is. Uh, all the music actually in this episode. I meant to bring it up earlier, but there's a there's sort of a mid episode song that they bring in. I think it's maybe the second song they play during the end credits. Is that right? Mm. Um, that's the transformation music that they yeah. play. Yeah. It is bad ass. It's like I think it, I have a clip of it here. Do you? It's it's um I put if a it, sequence of that on Instagram. If someone were to bring it up like on SoundCloud today, it would probably be like hashtag vaporwave, hashtag cool jams. Uh it'd be on like a like a chill hop music to study to playlist. Um but damn if it isn't good. Like I just want to be, you know what I'm going to do? So Cyberpunk 2077 comes out fucking eventually. Uh, 
pretty much all I'm going to do is just download this one song and play it on repeat as I play that game. <laughs> it's it's a hundred percent that vibe. It's so nineties. It really is. Did you have a a bit it's, of it? Give me a second. Okay. Um. So yeah, the music in in this is fantastic. I also love, and maybe this is where the music comes in in the end credits. We get a sort of like a next time on Yu-Gi-Oh bit at the end of the credits. And we see uh, not only the next episode, but we see a preview for the episode after that even. Uh, so it goes like a step further than, uh, or two steps further than, you know, cartoons today do. Like I can't even think of the last time I saw like a next time on. Yeah. It's one of those very nineties anime next time on such and such this show. Yeah. Like I think the only shows, the only shows that I'm aware of that do that anymore are like animes. Well, I was going to say the bachelor. Oh, well, it still Don't happens still in anime. That? Yeah. Like next time on The Bachelor, and then it's just like drunk people fighting. And then <laughs> two, you know. I wouldn't know. Two people making out. And that's that's it. That's that's what happens every time on The Bachelor. Um, Yeah. Do you have a clip now? I do. If we can. Okay, there we go. Makes me feel successful in life. Anyway, yeah, this is Yugi's transformation sequence music. It's pretty good. I just, I, I want, I want to have that like on a loop in the background at all points in my life, with that voice actor being like, "Go, win, <laughs> succeed. You can do it. You're the best. I believe in you. Heart of the cards. Like just affirmations." Yeah, right? it's a very, it's a real like, oh shit, it's going down it's now. Going down, Yugi's then, transforming. There's going to be some magical the stuff going on is here. Yeah, the good guys are going to win. Yeah, I like the music in this series a lot better than the uh, the other anime. I can't even picture any of the music they have. Uh, Besides, it's time to yeah, duel. Well, that's the thing is that's really the only the only real music that they have to be honest like there are some maybe you know little orchestral bits here and there that's just like undertone but not much speaking of music that i don't like uh i don't know if you can hear it right now i really hope that our listeners can't do you hear the yoga studio downstairs oh is that what that is yeah yeah i forgot it sounds like it's a car outside with its speakers up too loud no it's the yoga studio and the so hot yoga studio. I'm I'm really hopeful that this bonus episode comes out after I move and I'll just be very happy. Um, but yeah, for a year and a half, it's been like, hey guys, I live directly above you and you do power yoga at 6 a.m. every Tuesday and Thursday and just decide that EDM is the flavor of the day at 6 a.m. I mean, I don't <laughs> need my alarms those days, but you know, be nice to... Not, not wake up to hot yoga blasting downstairs yeah on the bright side i haven't paid for heating in like a year and a half <laughs> uh anyway um jimmy what's your uh do you want to do favorites and sure and worse what's your favorite part of this episode hmm my my favorite part is all i think this was my favorite for the last time too but my favorite was the characterization in these episodes everyone has really distinct characters except maybe miho but um Everyone is just so much more interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, can I tack on to that with, with my favorite? Sure. I 
actually really like Miho. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I I know that I gave her some shit in my description of the episode, but when you talk about characterization, yeah, like, all the characters have very kind of defined personalities in this, and they, they all have kind of their roles to play, and especially Taya in this episode has, like, a story that she is actively trying to tell for herself. Like, she has some real agency in this episode. Yeah. Miho is not, like, any of the other characters. And she's not even like the characters that we have in the anime now. Like she is wholly her own thing. And like, yeah, her like reason for getting a part-time job is because she wants to go shopping, but also she gets a part-time job so that she can go shopping. Like that's not something that anyone else in the show would do. And I don't know. I just, I find that really comforting in a way. She has set goals and she's working to achieve them. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. You know, you don't have to make a a show about her, right? She's just very comfortably a side character and it's really nice. Not even, not even a, 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 a sidekick. She's not a, she's not a sidekick. She's not a, a protagonist of any sort. She has zero agency in the like plot in the a plot. Yeah. But in her own life and in her own, you know, little world, she is a fully like fleshed out human in the scope of the show. And that just makes me really happy. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that in this show in particular, um, all the characters, it's more like an ensemble cast Mm -hmm. from the, at least the two episodes we've seen so far. Whereas in the main show, it's Yugi and Yugi's gang. Right. But this one, Yugi is just one of a couple of characters. And then like halfway through the episode is when his mystical powers come out and he's able to save the day and do whatever. But like in his group of friends, everyone has their own, their own selves. Yeah. Instead of being attached to Yugi. Right. And I, you know, the, the telling Yugi how great he is. Right. And of course, like, obviously, the, the end of the episode is going to be when Yugi, like, does the shadow game thing. But it does give you the idea that were the cameras to be on, you know, at, at any other time in their life, it might be, oh, here's a really cool thing that Tristan did, or here's a really cool thing that Taya did, or, or Joey, or Miho, or like, you know, this random, like, Mr. Manager guy. Yeah. Um, they all, they all have their own stuff they're doing instead of just following Yugi around as he plays card games. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, I think that's why I appreciate Miho so much is like, if this were the American show, she would just be one of these background characters that we see and is like never remarked on. What was your least favorite? I think our least favorites are going to be the same thing. Okay. It, um, the whole, Teenage prostitution angle. Yeah. Dating for pay. I'm I, I looked it up and there is kind of a cultural thing to it, but that's just it's really uncomfortable, especially to see like in a kids show where they like bring it up and talk about it. Well Yeah, it is uncomfortable. But maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe the show is doing that on purpose to be like, hey kids. This is an uncomfortable topic, and that's why we need to talk about it. I guess. But at the same time... It's not like it's promoting it. Yeah. But it just feels weird to me that, like, in a lot of kids' shows or whatever, they, there's, like, uh, a lesson to be learned from the episode. And in this episode, I guess it's, don't be a teenage prostitute. 
I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, don't know. Don't hang out with o- gross old men for money. Right. I mean, that's a good lesson to learn, you know? Yeah. That's something that I feel like everyone should probably know, you know, as a as a life value. Yeah. Don't don't encourage these old men to hang out with like underage girls. Yeah. That's yep. Yeah. What was your least favorite? See, I think we're gonna be different here. Oh. I agree that that was uncomfortable, but I think it served a purpose. And I I mean, I told a story earlier about how shitty of a fourteen year old I was or fifteen or sixteen or however. Like I'm sure that I could have used a, a voice in my life that was telling me these important things. Um, <laughs> Don't ask for AIDS in your Jamba Juice. I, yeah, I should have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I you know my worst. God, that's such a middle school thing to do, right? It was I was the worst. Uh, I feel like my worst was uh, <laughs> was the fact that Grandpa like just jumps right in with that like so you got any weird superpowers tentacles or anything like and do you have any mystic knowledge and then it's just like never remarked on again like no grandpa i'm fine Gra- grandpa, oh okay grandpa doesn't make another appearance in this episode and it's just like oh if he says he's okay he's okay I'm just gonna ignore this curse that i believe in i guess the ancient inscriptions were wrong yeah well oh well darn i'll just let my grandson continue to have this priceless artifact that may or may not have cursed him. <laughs> yeah, that that is a. Uh... It's such a it's it's a weird because they set it up at the time of the episode where you would set up like the Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, have you been cursed, young one? No, I don't think so. And then later on, it's like, oh, oh I, he's totally cursed. I done been cursed, and like, yeah, we know he's been cursed. We saw that last episode. We're gonna see it again. But the fact that grandpa isn't there to remark on it kind of yeah. makes me mad. What's weird is that like from the beginning, grandpa knew this like inscription that this thing would like curse you into give you mystic powers and like dark evil secrets if you like solve it. And then right. he hands it off to his grandson and he's like, here, solve this puzzle. Yeah, he loves puzzles. He's so happy. See, uh, I'm sure the curse isn't real. Is the curse real? Is it real though? Is it real? Is it real? Is the curse real? Is the curse real? No, no. Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. All right. What could possibly go wrong if I hand this off to a little boy? I know. Yeah. It's just like, that's bad parenting. You know, yeah. where's Yugi's mom? Where is Yugi's mom? She exists. She's in the she's in the American show. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's doing her best, I'm sure. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, there we have it. Do we have anything else to uh to uh, add when we're talking about the devil gamer? What's it what's it called? It's <laughs> uh, my new gamer tag. Fucking... XX underscore the devil gamer underscore XX. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the devil gamer underscore four twenty underscore sixty nine. Do you watch um any of the Waypoint videos? Uh uh So Waypoint, uh, Vice's gaming uh branch, uh one of my favorite like news sources for gaming. They do a lot of streams, um, and they used to do streams of. I'm gonna forget the name. It was this pirate game that just came out recently. Oh, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, and they did this stream where they were doing the like new DLC that had come out where you go and defeat the the mega shark 
And uh, Danica Harrod, who was their uh, social editor at the time, who's now the social editor for The Dragon Prince, the new Netflix cartoon that's coming out. Oh. Um, which looks excellent bt dubs is that the one by the people who made avatar the last airbender yes oh cool yeah yeah so she does the social for that show and it's fucking excellent uh it's weird but really good uh she joined the game early enough to get the uh the gamer tag xx uh i think it's goth girl 40 420 69 it was like xx it was lowercase x capital x 420 yeah. goth girl or gamer girl 69 uh <laughs> capital x lowercase <laughs> x and like that in and of itself was funny hearing her explain it the first time but they're doing this uh dlc where just like anyone can join in right mm-hmm. and they meet this other ship that's entirely staffed by like 14 year old boys who admittedly are like really good at what they do. Like there's this one kid who's clearly like the best world of Warcraft raid master. Uh, and they go through the whole thing and they're, and they're working with him and everyone's having a blast. And he goes, Oh, let me add you as like friends. Is that cool? Like I'll add you on the game. And, uh, he goes, what's your gamer tag? And she's like, uh, Oh, well it says it right there. And he goes, yeah, but the letters are kind of fuzzy. Can you spell it out for me? <laughs> She has to go like, what what is it? What is it? 420? What does that mean? (laughs) She has to explain. It's 420. He goes, like like 420? Like like 420? That's, why is, (laughs) you could just do, just do Gamer Girl. (laughs) She's like, and then it's, and then there's a 6-9. He's like, why more letter, why more numbers? (laughs) He just isn't getting it. And everyone's just dying on the stream. Can you imagine having to like explain to a middle school child what 420 and 69 are? Well, and that's the thing is, so she kind of like skirts around it. do you think he knows it. and he's like making her... Well, so here's here's what I'm picturing is like a year from now, that kid's going to come back and watch that video and hear his voice going like, what do you mean 420? Why is that funny? I don't get it. And he's just going to be like, oh, oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be like me uh, making a poor uh, decision at Jamba Juice. <laughs> uh just nothing but shame all the way down where was i going with that ending the episode somehow <laughs> somehow uh well this has been a uh a rip roaring uh wet and wild adventure here in our bonus episode uh thank you all for joining us i'm sure fingers crossed hopefully we'll be back to our regular scheduled uh episode next week uh, whenever this goes up, we whenever, don't know. Whenever this goes live, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach us at Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y A M P O D. Um, I'm sure that there's something funny on our Instagram. We just posted uh, to date this episode. Is it okay if I give it give a timestamp kind sure. of? Sure. So uh, yesterday we put up a picture of uh, Pepper in his usual spot joining us uh, for our recording. He's actually fast asleep in between us right now which is with his eyes open oh it's real creepy um but uh yeah instagram is always great our twitter is typically where we post like oh hey here's the new episode uh you can go to our website which is tyler.games slash y-a-m-p or welcome to flavor.town slash y-a-m-p uh and you can email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com um jimmy is there anything else you want to nope all right cool well hey uh, until next time. What? I was waiting for you to come up with something. Oh, I was waiting for you to come up with something. I don't know. Uh, 
Until next time, welcome to Burger World. <laughs>